Hello, everybody. It is the Sports Addicts with Bob Haney coming to you each week talking about what's happening in the world of sports. This is our premiere edition. I'm Bob Haney from 105.7 The Fan. Joining me each and every week for your sports journey is Robbie Davis, Sr., one of the ball boys. Robbie, introduce yourself to our loyal audience. I'm Robbie Sr., and this is going to be the show that's down with it, can't quit it, up to it, and gonna do it. We're going to be the ball boys with Bob Haney. And then the other ball boy, maybe the biggest ball boy of them all. <laughs> the, the real ball boy. The real ball the boy. The athlete of the family. The, the real athlete of the family is Robbie Davis Jr. Robbie, say hello to the oh, audience. Hey, that's Robbie Jr. I don't know how to follow up that introduction that Senior made, but um, I'm going to do my best. This is going to be uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of fun with the ball boys. Also, the, also known as the sports addicts. We're going to have a good time here with Haney over the next few months. Yep. We're going to talk about what's happening in the world of sports, and we'll start with uh, the baseball lockout. And uh, still no resolution there in regards to it. The labor dispute has gone on for over two months, approaching three months. Deadlines have been set. And usually when there are deadlines, you try to get some action done. But if the deadline is not uh, met by February 28th, end of business then, then actual regular season games will start to be canceled, not to be rescheduled, and players will lose money. And I'll start with you, Junior, because you played some minor league baseball. Are you surprised, or how surprised are you, that this, it's lasted as long as it has? Because spring training games would literally start be happening tomorrow. as we speak. Yep. Tomorrow, Monday, would be the first day of spring training games. I'm not really that surprised. Um, but, but, you know, the thing about it is that the players don't really understand the magnitude of what's going on right now. You know, they don't really have it that bad. You know, you're talking about a league where there's a guy making $43 million a year pitching. There's a guy making $324 million over the next 10 years. You know, Mike Trout's making $35 million. These guys don't have it that bad. And uh, for them to have this dispute that they really can't win because it's millionaires fighting against billionaires, they're really never going to win this. They need to get it to come to a conclusion quick. Well, and that's the problem. Robbie Jr. knows a lot about baseball and as a fan, but what people don't really understand and none of them understand is the magnitude of this is really serious. The players lose the money because they, in fact, need the money more than anybody. The baseball owners control everything. The players are underpaid, and I don't care what people say, but see, the average person hears that they're making three, 400000 and think that's a lot of money. But in actuality, the players are underpaid. The players right now get more less money than they did five years ago. Of course, the Scherzers, the, the Kershaws, they make a bunch, but the average guy doesn't, and that's what the players are fighting for. But regular people can't understand that. We make 20000 30000 a year, and we hear these big numbers. These big numbers, or we say, oh, they can live on that. Well, the players can't, and that's why they're having that. That's the reason this is going to go on, because until that minor league guy can make enough money to make it, and that three, 400000 is not going to do it because the average guy doesn't stay around that long. To me, there's a lot of tone deafness going on with the players and obviously the owners. Um, Walker Bueller of the Dodgers said it's not millionaires fighting with billionaires. It's workers fighting with That's bosses. Exactly right. But then he deleted the tweet because the average SMO, That's which right. is yeah. most of exactly. our audience, and couldn't exactly care less. And you mentioned Scherzer and Kershaw. Yeah. And, I mean, Trout, I mean you know. Kevin Gaussman just signed a $100 million right. contract. 
people don't want to hear all that. We're in the, the throes reason. of a global pandemic yeah, and people have lost know. jobs. Businesses have closed. Yeah. I'm sorry, Walker Bueller. The average salary for a major leaguer is six hundred thousand dollars. I and, feel your pain. And senior is right. The deal is being made for the for the first two three year guys. Yeah. That really is. But nobody sees that. Nobody's thinking about that guy. But it's only a small percentage of those, like the Super 2, for instance. It's, what, 22% of those guys in Super 2s, less than three, more than two, and and you got to be among the highest tenured service times. The reason, Bob, that this doesn't happen in basketball, doesn't happen in football, is really simple. And that's why they can't come to an agreement in baseball. The reason this doesn't happen to in other sports, because in baseball, the owners won't open the books. They don't have to open the books. Yeah. And the players say, well, if you won't open the books, you got something to hide. Because they do have they do something, have something to hide. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's why this never comes to an end. And we go through this all the time. Because in basketball, they open the books. The players have to get a certain percentage. Football, they got the, they got the cap, the salary cap. Certain amount of money has to be spent. But in baseball, the owners can have Aunt Gladys driving a car on the payroll, and you don't get a chance to see it. And that's what the players are up against. So this is not going to end. But let's look at it like this. You know, we're talking the business side of things, and that's fine, and people don't want to hear the business side of things. But how about just from the fans' perspective? You know, we're talking about a league that already struggles marketing itself anyway. Football is year-round now. We're going to be talking about, you know, the combine and the draft here in the next couple of weeks. And Major League Baseball has, has no resolution. You know... And people are going to turn the page quick, especially like locally here in Baltimore. Look, it happens every year. Orioles get off to a slow start, and we start turning the page talking about training camp and the Ravens. Well, everybody's going to do that because yep. football is big everywhere. Baseball's just got to get it. They got to get it right. I mean, you know, the most marketable players in baseball, Fernando Tatis, Mike Trout, you know, these guys, Vladimir Guerrero, you don't even see these guys. But you turn on the TV every second, you see Steph Curry, you see Giannis, you see Tom Brady, you know, you see Patrick Mahomes, see Lamar. You know, people are going to get sick of baseball quick, man. It's already baseball is already behind as it is. And I can tell you from from a front row seat, like I have young kids at home. Baseball is taking a back seat. You know, they, they don't care about baseball like they do ba- basketball and football anymore. But getting back to the I don't think there's any sympathy from the fan base here. No, it's not. Because it's out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. And you go back to the lack of interest. The the, the season ticket sales have been dwindling. Mm -hmm. Here in Baltimore, the Orioles sucking have had a lot to do with it. But, you know, opening day is packed. The next game, whenever that is. the the, Yeah. And it's sad because there are towns around, around the country who look forward to minor league baseball. And they look forward to spring training. Mm -hmm. And spring training is not starting now. And they make 70% of their money doing these six to eight weeks of spring training for the year. So if you're picking a side, Mm -hmm. players versus owners, I don't have any sympathy for either side at this stage. This is the third significant work stoppage that I'm old enough Mm -hmm. to have lived. Now that might cancel regular season games. But if you guys are picking a side, Junior, I'll start with you. Players, because players are temporary. No matter how much money they make, no, I don't care if you're the very best player in your sport. You ain't going to play forever. You might play 10 years. You might play, Nobody plays forever. The owners are going to be billionaires forever. So I'm always on the player side, no matter what sport it is. And I think what they should do whenever these contracts and negotiations come up is have a federal mediator to decide. Have a mediator, somebody that's not a player, not an owner, decide these. Because that's the only way you're going to get something fair done. 
Other than that, you're going to have billionaires who can hold out longer than millionaires, and nobody gets hurt but the fans. How does this affect the Orioles? Because if spring training was going on as it's supposed to, we're talking every move that Adley Rutschman makes mm-hmm. is going to be analyzed mm-hmm. and scrutinized. And how's the Hall looking? Mm-hmm. How are the young prospects uh, working out with the pros? Because they'd be getting into spring training games. Now, there's still going to be minor leagues starting on time. Right. But we'd be talking about Adley Rutschman 24-7. Exactly. Not doing that yet. So how does this affect Baltimore and at least the interest in the Orioles from a local fan perspective? Well, the Orioles already got one foot in the grave as it is. I mean, because they had a bad team for the last, bad club for the last four or five years. But, you know, I don't think the Rushman is going to be up in the beginning of the season, but I think that's the one thing that they probably could do to dig themselves out of this once this thing is resolved. Why? Because they want to service time him? Or he- well, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be, they're going to do that. They're going to go that route, even though. All the good organizations with the good players take care of those guys before it comes time. Are the Orioles going to be an organization that does that? Who knows? Adley Rushman will be our first big test to see if they do that. Most of the guys, that never even happens. If you're that good, they're going to come, they're going to, come to the table far before that, that time even comes up. But I do think the Orioles are going to go that route. I think no, seeing what the trend of how they've handled things in the past, they're probably not going to bring him up from the beginning of the season. And I'm on a different page. I think that ship has sailed. I think if they opened spring training up, and we had a spring training. I think Rushman's coming. From day one, I think he'll be an Oriole. I think it's what you do for me now in sports, and they need him up here right away. Nobody's coming to these games, and you need somebody to come. They'll give up that year that they wouldn't have with him. They're bringing him north. Well, I see, you know, and I would agree with that if the guy writing the checks would be the one to sign off on that. That's who you need to, you need the Angelosis to. But he seems to, to, to defer to the baseball. Well, let's see if they defer when it comes to millions, when it comes to that. You know, that's right. going to be the that's going to be the big test. Will they defer to Elias and those guys when it comes to something like this is going to cost them money? I mean, yeah. you can be excited about Cedric Mullins. You can be excited about Hayes and Mountcastle. I mean, we guys, we've talked about right. it now for a couple of years, right. but now it's time for the next wave. And right. I think bringing him up, yep. opening, the, he'll get the loudest applause. Exactly. He'll be the most anticipated prospect yep. since... Uh, Weeders. When he even more than Manny, because Manny got called up in August, right. kind of like yeah. on a whim. Yeah. This will be the most anticipated Oriole debut since uh, Matt no Weeders over no ten years. And they need that. They need. They definitely need something. Robbie's right. Um, it, it, it's up to the, what the millionaires want to do. But the Orioles are the Orioles got they got to have him up here right now. We need a drawdown there. Now the pressure on him. He's been proclaimed the number one prospect for the better part of two right, years yeah. now. And if you look at the previous guys who were that, Wander Franco, brilliant for Tampa. Vlad, okay, didn't start all that great, but was an MVP candidate last year. How important is it that he comes up and maybe not immediate impact, but at least shows star potential? Because if he's kind of middling, Weeders like, quite frankly, it's going to be maybe disappointing to a lot of people. For the knowledgeable fans... It doesn't. It won't, he doesn't have to come out the gate swinging. Right. But for the casual fan, yeah. they're going to want to see him produce from day one. Yeah. You know, because be. the truth of the matter is, Matt Weeders was a success. Now, yeah. he, he really was a success. Guy was a made all-star teams, a gold glove catcher. He wasn't, you know, switch hitting Jesus and 30, 30 home runs, both sides of the plate, you know what I mean, 100 RBI guy. But he was a success. But this guy can't be that. He's got to be more. He has to be more than that. 
and yeah. more does he have to be Buster Posey yes. level? Yes. Which I think would be acceptable, yes. quite frankly, if yes. he could accomplish well, that. To the, to the real fans like us, uh, baseball is a game of adjustment. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and there he's gonna have to adjust to major league pitching, no question about that. And I think he can, but yeah, you're going to have to give him a minute because you're not going to come up and be Babe Ruth. But he actually, I do believe him going, when he went to AAA, his numbers were awesome. Come from AA to AAA, he, he sustained that right in the AAA, and I think he'll have great numbers uh, uh, with, with Oris, especially in that bandbox we got down there. I know they moved the fence in a minute, but I think Rushman's going to be just fine down there. And given a chance... Because they're gonna, he's gonna have to adjust to major league pitching because that's the best pitching he'll ever see. Exactly. Yeah, he's seen four A pitching in yeah. Triple A. Those are guys that can't make it into major leagues and last and, and hang around in the minor leagues. Yep. This is going to be, this is going to be an adjustment. It's going to be tough. Wrapping up the Orioles before we get to Maryland basketball, um, we were talking about uh, on one hundred five seven the fan. So Rutschman turns into uh, Vlad Junior. Mm-hmm. Who's the Beau Bichette? Gunnar Henderson, in my opinion. I, I personally, it's something about it. You know, you just get feelings about guys. To me, Gunnar Henderson is, I, I really, I think he's the he's guy. He's Tulsi. Yeah. Hearing a lot about Kobe Mayo, though. But he's Last young. Yeah. But he's young. You know, I, he's got big power, and he's probably a few years off. But that could be the guy, too. That could be our Boba Chet, yeah. too. I, I definitely, I, we're going to agree, Gunnar. I, I absolutely think that's going to be the Boba Chet. I really, honestly believe that. Uh, I'm excited for the Orioles this year, especially if we can get started, Bobby. If we can get started, I think we got something to look for. I think uh, John Angelos is letting the baseball people do right. their jobs. We yep. knew it was going to be a process. Yep. It's a painful one, and hopefully it won't last much longer. But Grayson Rod- Rodriguez, number one pitching prospect. Mm-hmm. Orioles haven't developed a guy true number one since Messina. They've had number ones on their staff, John Means, right. Dylan Bundy, you know, I don't even think Gosman ever ascended to that status. But what about Rodriguez? He won't start the year in Baltimore, but the ETA is yeah. soon. soon. It's 2022. I'm, I'd like to see him and Hall up at some point this year. I love Rodriguez, though, man. He's like one of them big body Texas guys that I just love. Like, you know, like you think of like Roger Clemens, Josh Beckett. Uh, you know, just the, the big body, strong arm Texas dudes, that's Grayson Rodriguez. And I think he's going to be a stud for us for a long time. But I really like D.L. Hall. Yeah, I'm, I'm t- I tell you, I'm, that's the reason they got to get this thing done. Because we finally got a chance to be excited about Baltimore baseball. I mean, and we haven't had that for years. Yeah, not since uh, we had that manager that's with the Mets right now. I mean, Buck Show. I mean, that's right. That twelve to sixteen run feels like it was forty years ago. <laughs> and let me just add this one more thing about the Orioles. Yeah. You know, I've been saying this for a long time. The best thing that the Orioles could ever do in the offseason, their best free agent acquisition, was change the dimensions of Camden Yards because that's going to allow them to be able to get some more guys here. They're actually going to want to come here and pitch in this park. And maybe we can build a team around our strengths and weaknesses in that park. And they, and they finally did it. I think it's long overdue. And now is the best time. I mean, nobody's really going down there anyway. So what's, I don't know how many seats they said they lost, but it's a pretty significant amount. 2,500. Yeah, but what difference does it make? 2,500 won't be lost. Going down uh, this Sunday, right down the road in College Park is the 20th anniversary of University of Maryland's national championship winning Great. team. Yep. Hard to believe. Crazy. 20 years ago, Crazy. old Nolan over here was like seven years old <laughs> when that happened. But glorious time, yeah. reaching the pinnacle finally because Maryland basketball had all the heartbreaks of Len Bias and then the, the probation and everything that uh, people suffered through as fans. But here we are 20 years later as we uh, 
pay tribute to Gary Williams, now in the Hall of Fame, and Juan Dixon, Juan Dixon. and Steve Blake, and Blake. Wilcox, and all yep. the rest. We look at a Maryland team that's losing record, bottom feeders in the Big Ten. They were ranked in the top 25 preseason. Coach is long gone. Mark Turgeon, he left right around the, the end of November. The state of Maryland basketball is what? Do we talk about, you know, the Orioles losing some juice with the fan base? Non-existent, and very much like the Orioles. 20 years ago, I could have done on WNST four hours of Maryland basketball, Maryland basketball. and would have gotten four hours worth of phone calls. Now cares. it's like, whatever. Man, I can How does that get... Coaching hire is going to be, the obviously, yes. the huge step, yeah. but... Kind of juice does the Maryland job have twenty years after winning a national championship and only two Sweet Sixteens? Oh, I think it has immediate juice because of the because of the history of the program and the conference they play on and the money that the program has. All they have to do is come in with the right coach and the right supporting staff to, that goes out and recruits, and they can turn it around quick. Basketball is an easy sport to turn around because there's only ten players on the team, so a, a strong recruiting class can turn that around immediately. And the portal is basically. Free. Easy, free pickings. Right. Yeah, exactly. Easy pickings. So they could, it could be turned around very quickly. Well, as we sit here and you say 20 years ago, I can remember 20 years ago, you and I. Yes. Watching this, watching yes. Maryland basketball. Yes, at a bar, not very far from here. It ain't even open anymore. <laughs> yeah. Talking down booze. And now it's 20 years later. Yeah. The, 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 the truth of the matter is, is that Manning won't be the coach of the University of Maryland. Maryland, if they and, and, and they're going to do it. They're going to go get one of these coaches, and whether it's the guy that's going to get you on suspension, because you only need the guy with the portal for a couple of years. They're going to go out and get a name. I obviously believe they're going to get a name, going to bring some guys in, and I'm going to go on record right now saying Maryland will be in the NCAA tournament next year. We're going to have a tournament team. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're going to go don't get. Don't even know the coaches. Don't even know who the coach is, <laughs> but they're going to go. They're going to go get a coach, and you know who I. Yeah. That, they're going to go get the coach from Iona. Yeah, yeah, they're going to get him. You can say his name, and yeah. nobody's going to come in and slap us with a ruler. <laughs> say whatever you want. I guess Iona's trying to get him to the lifetime yeah. contract, but yeah. he'd come to he'd walk to Maryland from New Rochelle, New York, no and the players will come right with him, Bobby. That guy is yeah. coming through that portal. You mentioned the portal, and I've been an advocate, by the way, yeah. for Patino. Yeah. It seems very unlikely at this stage, but. He'd be getting the transfer portal guys from Power 5 schools, yeah. not Rhode Island right. or, yeah. or Q Wahab, right. with all due respect, yeah. Yeah. who was you know barely getting run in uh, yeah. Georgetown. Yeah. He'd be getting like, five-star recruits who yeah. were tapping out of their respective That's, that's going to happen. That's what, we're going to be talking about Maryland basketball again because yeah. this can't go on like this. It's too much money in these towns, too much sponsorships with Under Armour for this to go on. I do believe that Maryland – and this, this head – Head guy down at Maryland is going to want something to happen that's good and positive for the school, and I think they're going to do that. Now, the guy may only be here a couple of years. That's all I don't think it's him. Maybe the more realistic options, Mike Bray, Notre Dame, who's having a very good year uh-huh. in a watered-down ACC, Andy Enfield and out of USC. DeMatha. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was a dookie. Yeah. It was head coach at Delaware. Nice, that'd be a nice start. But Andy Enfield with Johns Hopkins, Hopkins was yeah. the shooting guru. Remember, uh, that was his original niche. Yeah. Got his MBA from Maryland, so the ties are there. Recruits out the yin-yang and uh-huh. uh, Southern Cal. Yeah, you're gonna have and to apparently would be interested in coming home. If you're from the East and we're all from the East, right. it's in your DNA, man. Yeah. I lived in New Orleans. I couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah, basketball uh-huh. revolves around the East Coast. Man, Andy Enfield, that was a good job for him to get from the last job at uh, Gulf Coast. Coast yeah. But, I mean, 
he's off the map. I mean, I don't care if he's in the Pac-10 or not. Nobody pays attention to that basketball. What what is more likely then? More likely. Orioles get back to prominence in the MLB or Maryland becomes more of a national Maryland, they're in the Big Ten now. Uh, our football team is never going to compete against Ohio State and those guys. We're yeah, always going to be a second-class citizen. Yeah. Yeah. But our basketball can. Yeah. And Maryland needs something to bring them out of the rut. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be Maryland basketball. And, and, and baseball is a sport of development. You can't get – I don't care who you are. Nobody can get good in a year in baseball. It's just not that kind of sport. Yeah, we've it's been not basketball, it's baseball not football. for a lot of years. Yeah. And we still going to be well, rebuilding. Hey, look, us and being in the sports memorabilia business, you can compare Maryland to the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles really haven't been significant. You know, the 83 – we're still selling off the 1983 team to Cal Ripken, yeah. Eddie Murray, Jim Pomp. We shouldn't be selling those guys. We should be selling guys in the last 10 years. Yeah. Maryland's still the same way. People come in here and ask for Juan Dixon autographs and Steve Blake Steve autographs Blake, and yeah. Gary Williams autographs. And I'm biased. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're talking about guys that haven't been there in years. You know, Gary, you know, of course has. But Dixon and Blake, I mean, they're gone 20 years ago. They've already played pro careers, retired, yeah. and, and moved into other other yeah. walks yeah. of life. Yeah. Now, that's a, actually a thing. I, 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 me personally, I know he can't be the head coach of Maryland because he's not – I don't even know how good of a coach he is at Coppin. But I really think if they could get Juan Dixon in some kind of role at College Park – he is, in my opinion, I know Len Bias is the best player. Juan Dixon is the best player that ever played at Maryland. Oh, I don't Juan disagree with that. He's two Maryland. Yeah. He's the most accomplished. Yeah. You know what All-time I mean? leading scorer, three-time All-ACC. Yeah. Uh, Won a national championship. Two Final Fours. I mean, his player. resume speaks for itself. The he, farthest Maryland ever got with Bias was the Sweet 16. Right. Time. And that would speak volumes if they could get him as a figurehead down there. To go talk to kids. Well, he was on Turgeon's staff, Mark Turgeon's, a couple years ago. Right. They need to use him the right way. Somebody needs to use him the but right way. But do you think he still resonates locally? I mean, I they're, I I mean, the prospects that are out there weren't even alive the last time he wore America. I definitely do. And the reason why I do is because the parents of the kids that are the good basketball players are the same age as Juan Dixon, and they know who Juan Dixon is. And, and if you go to, you know whoever the best player over at Calvert Hall is or whoever the best player at St. Joe, whoever the best player at Spalding is right now, that dad is a Juan Dixon-age guy. Yeah, those guys don't even consider Maryland. So as we uh, transition now to the Ravens, and Rob, you may, Jr., you mentioned the Combine, and the NFL now monetizing that. I mean, more people are going to be watching the Combine. Uh, next week. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to watch it on a Tuesday night more than it's going to watch maybe the premier college basketball game. I know of that night but it is what it is Ravens have the 14th pick in the draft but the big news resonating out of uh, one winning drive is the fact that Lamar Jackson hasn't signed his contract extension mm-hmm. yet and you have the national yapping heads Ryan Clarks of the world saying I wouldn't play another down for the Ravens until I get a long term contract extension doesn't seem as though that's going to be his uh, MO Lamar's we're talking about but how surprised are you Junior that here we are a year after it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion he was going to get his extension that it hasn't happened and right now it doesn't appear to be close to happening. Well, after last season I'm not surprised and I think that the biggest reason why I'm not surprised is that Lamar made all the wrong decisions off the field not even what he did on the field all the wrong decisions off the field leading to that season as supposed leader of our team to not get that contract. And then, obviously, the season that he had certainly didn't validate getting a long-term contract. So, not surprised at all. But it seems like the Ravens want to get it done. Lamar, Lamar. is the holdup. Does he even want to be a Raven? Because now, and you know, we are everybody. When we get guys, you know, when we had Manny Machado as an Oriole, you know, we were, we felt disrespected in Baltimore. Just that I kind of he town. Was a lifer. I thought he was Manny a lifer. Shot. 
And you think Lamar's a lifer. Who said Lamar might hate Baltimore? We don't know that. Lamar might want to be in Miami. Lamar might want to be in L.A. You know, why be in Baltimore when you can be anywhere? So, you know, the money talks, obviously, but maybe Lamar doesn't want to be a Raven. But in the year, throw out that 12 months, he's lost money. Because you can't, with a straight face, if you're Lamar or his mom or whoever's advising him, you can't go in there and ask for Patrick Mahomes' money or Josh Allen money right now. The Ravens like, we're not... You have one playoff win, and you're coming off a season, even though you made the Pro Bowl, where you know you're playing poorly down the stretch. Your touchdown to interception ratio was plus three, mm-hmm. and your quarterback rating was a very Flacco like eighty-seven. Yeah. So, what kind of juice leverage does he have when he wants to walk in there and ask for some cake? Well, I'm going to tell you this. You know, we go on. We we always talk about guys playing for money and should play for the passion of the game. And here we got a guy that's playing for the passion of the game. Lamar Jackson ain't playing for the money. If Lamar Jackson was playing for the money, he would have signed a contract. He ain't stupid. If you get hurt, your career's done in football. He knows that. And what has Lamar Jackson done? He has not signed for the money. He's played for the rookie deal. He's going to get 20-some million next year. But if Lamar Jackson was playing for the money, he could have signed and got $300 million already. Yeah. He already could have done it, but he didn't do that. Because Lamar Jackson's playing to win and wants to be a winner. That's what he's playing for. Look but at it like that. also leverages him, too. He, he, he ain't playing for the money. I think, he, I think he's playing yeah, passion for the game, sure. It, Work it, ethic, by all accounts, from people who cover the team on a daily basis, maybe took a, took a little dip than it was the previous But his record is saying he ain't playing for the money, Bobby. His record, is, his record is saying he's not playing for the money. His record is saying he's stupid, to be honest with you. That's right. So is he, is he stupid or is he saying, you know what? I think, My career could be I think whatever money's they're talking about isn't what he wants. That's why he isn't signed. He, he's not signed a contract because winning means more to him than the money. Bobby, he could have been out of football right now. He knows that. He sees guys getting hit one time and they're gone. He knows that. But he hadn't signed up yet because that three hundred million doesn't mean. Well, that we that don't money know what they've offered him. That, uh, to me, to my humble That's opinion, right. without sitting in the meetings with DeCosta and Lamar, I think that they haven't come correct, young people term, with what he's asking for. Uh, uh, he Lamar, wants to be paid like a top five quarterback because in the he league. Is. Because he is. But the offs, the season that he had. Joe Burrow, Justin <laughs> Herbert. Pre- I'm not talking about me personally. The perception is that he's not that guy anymore. How long Lamar Jackson been a quarterback for us, and how many wins versus losses? Don't look for what he did last year with no offensive line. Look for what he's done for his career. Look for his career. Just, just look at his career. Look at Lamar Jackson's career. Regular season, he's great. One playoff win. And and you know, you both know that that is a very prominent part of but contract negotiations. Yeah, but you do got to get He's there. been in the playoffs. You do got to get They there. were 14-2 on a 12-game heater and laid an egg to a team they were 10-point favorites to beat. No doubt. No, if Lamar Jackson... He's got to get that. I think the stench of that game still resonates. And the big thing with Lamar is like, you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation like from what you've been saying from day mm-hmm. one. If Lamar had an agent... We wouldn't be having this conversation because the all these things, him not playing for the money, him playing for whatever, whatever it is, it would take all that away. And you would really, really know what's going on with Lamar if he had an agent, if he had some kind of spokesperson to be a buffer that the fans could get a better understanding of what's going on. We have no idea what's going on with Lamar right now. Don't know if he wants to be here, if he doesn't want to be here, if it's not enough money. If it, what What is it? Nobody knows. Does it get acrimonious? Because it seems as though it's not to that level, yes. But do we start getting into... 
you know, hold out. Oh, I don't. I don't think that's gonna. I think. I think the Ravens know what they got with with Lamar. I think uh, if you look at you know this Antonio Brown thing, I'm hanging out with Antonio Brown. He wants Antonio to Brown to be here, and folks, Antonio Brown very well may be a Raven. No, no he, you know, I I know I wouldn't have him as a Raven. They don't need him. For one. They don't oh. need him. I I, I agree. No, oh, they I, need I, everybody needs Antonio Brown. They do. Yeah, yeah. a guy melts down no, at no, no, talent wise. insert date talent, here. Talent wise, forget about whether or not yeah. we want him, Bobby. Lamar Jackson wants him. Lamar Jackson wants him as the Raven. And this it may come to that. I guarantee it may come to that. I, I do believe Antonio Brown's going to play in this league, and I would not be surprised if he ain't wearing a purple uniform. I will make a friendly wager and say the only time he comes close to M&T Bank Stadium okay. is he buys a ticket right. or he's playing for another team. Right. No way they will sign this guy. Okay. Is, John Harbaugh would not allow a guy like him to do Or is that Lamar's problem with the Ravens? Does Lamar feel like he can't make any decisions and call any shots as a Raven? I mean, he's five years now, and he can't make a decision? I mean, that, that's what you're saying. We don't and he him. is the man. He is the man. I mean, once this guy with him, Bobby. Okay. You know, he goes four weeks with four targets, and you think <laughs> yeah. he's Marquise Brown's melting down because he doesn't get the ball enough. What do you think Antonio Brown's going to do? Probably the same thing. When, Lamar, yeah. when they run them RPOs, and all of a sudden he's rushing for 1,200 okay. yards again. And but I like to take my chances. And Bateman is I, the I, main guy. I like to take my chances because I don't think it would be much money. Financially, my, I hear I you, dude. But my humble opinion is they have much greater needs than bringing in some asshole. Yeah. No, they don't need him. No, I, they don't need him. Maybe Lamar needs him. You know, maybe Lamar just wants Mental. to make a statement. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. You know, Lamar just wants to make a statement. This is my chance. Inside yeah. linebackers, yeah. safeties, they have way bigger problems than okay. a veteran right. receiver. Who okay. do we compare Lamar to? You say we compare him to Josh Allen. We compare him to Patrick Mahomes. Financially, you mean? Uh, As a player, he's like he's a unicorn. He's yeah. one of one. Well, no, I'm, I'm not, Allen maybe similar. I'm not even talking bit. game style. I'm just yeah. talking young guys at the top of the, the the top five young quarterbacks. Those are the guys that we throw into the mix. The Mahomes, the Josh sure. Allen. Don't you think all those guys get to make decisions? Maybe not Joe Burrow, but I guess bet you I bet you Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen all the money they invested in those two guys they get to call some shots on of personnel. Do. Of course they do. You know, yeah. and, and Lamar thinks he's them. Shit, Lamar on paper is them. He's a 2019 MVP. Right, right. but we don't know if he does or doesn't. I think Antonio Brown, if well, he liked the Facebook status or this, what was it, the superimposed uh, in a Ravens uniform. That's great. We got Ravens have bigger fish to fry than Antonio Brown. To me, this is like a non-story. I know, but Lamar wouldn't be at the Super Bowl hanging around with the guy, saying things that he said if if he didn't want him here. I mean, he's hanging around with him. He wants him here. Um, I don't. No, I, and I'm going to make sure I talk to Eric DaCosta. Uh, you can person. talk to Eric DaCosta. <laughs> well, I think, you know, if and, and if you want to look at how exciting Raven football is, when was the last time you had a quarterback that you didn't know what he was going to do next? Nobody When, when Lamar's on the field, behind center, nobody goes to the refrigerator to get a drink. Not when Lamar's there, because you never know what's going to happen. He's that exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, everybody. He he really is. We ne- we haven't had a guy like that. I mean, no. when Flacco was there, we did, we had we the Ravens know what we have, and what they need to do is ensure that he's going to be the quarterback for the next five or six years. And in order to do that, you got to make him happy. You got to give him a voice. You you got to Lamar doesn't speak because maybe he can't speak um, because they, they they got him handcuffed. He can't come out and say this. But I think even though he doesn't have an agent, you know, his mom's his agent. He's listening to somebody. 
He's, he's, he's not in a vacuum. Somebody's in his ear. I don't know who it is, but he's listening to somebody. Sports yeah. addicts, Bob Eddie, 1057, the Fed, and Robbie Davis, senior and junior. Ball boys, of course, Robbie's first base, Nine Ridge, uh, West Ridgely Road in Timonium, which leads to our last subject of the morning, is uh, sports memorabilia, which you guys are very uh, oh, yeah. prominent in. And in particular, the resurgence of interest in uh, sports, like tops, baseball cards, cards and cards. cards in general. Because I remember it was big in the 90s, real big, like through the 90s, early 2000s. And then I guess the market oversaturated itself and it just bottomed out. Correct. Why the resurgence here all of a sudden? Well, the pandemic certainly helped. The lower print of the cards, the fact that the cards are a lot lesser in volume now. There's a lot more cards that are rare, low print cards and high demand and social media. That's the biggest thing social media and it coming right to your phone to your computer to your laptop what you know your tablet whatever it brings it right to you and it's a gambling aspect to it you know like you came in here the other day and bought an eight dollar pack of cards trying to get a thousand dollar card immediately regretted it (laughs) (laughs) and and like everybody else but you'll try it again and that's what and that's what people do you know during the pandemic you know people were watching these youtube breaks and things like that and they were seeing these guys open these you know fifty dollar hundred dollar packs trying to get these thousand dollar cards and they want to do it what happened is that the guy who who um owns fanatics you know fanatics the hats that uh, has now bought into the cards and this guy bought salesmanship into it. And what he did, he pr- knows that if you overproduce, you lose the market. So uh, for the record, though, real quick. We can't go get cards. Fanatics bought Tops. Correct. It, yeah. Is Tops, because Tops still. They'll still make cards. They'll still make the cards. But Fanatics owns right. it. Right. Yeah. So and if you see a Tops card in the future, it'll, it'll just be. be like an airbrush. Your Orioles hat, it'll be just a black, uh, orange, and white hat. Yeah. It's like the old football cards used to be. So what they've done, they produce less cards. And if they produce less, then the value of the ones they produce has accelerated. So where we could go buy cards at any place, you can't get them now. Like the, the local stores, they don't have any more because these cards are so rarely produced that everybody buys them right up. And then once they're produced, another aspect come into it is, is my card nicer than your card, even though they're the same card? So they send them to grading companies who grade my card versus your card. The higher the grade, the more valuable the card. So now not only are the cards hard to get, but once you get them, you want it to grade better than the other card. So that's why they're popular now, because you can spend, like you said, five, six dollars for a pack of cards, get a card, get it graded, and it'd be worth a thousand dollars. Or more. Exactly. Or more. So and it, so it's just like anything else. People want to invest in art or whatever, and they can't go buy a Gauguin. But everybody can go out and buy a pack of cards and say, you know what, I'm going to send to this company and look right on the internet and see what it's yeah. worth. And that's the thing. You don't have to guess what the value is now. It's like a little stock market. Not only is there eBay, yeah. but there's five other sites now where you can see what your Mike Trout PSA 8, 9, 10 is worth. Compa- you know, and, and compare it to all the other cards, and they go up and they go down. A good instance of this. And explain that grading real quick, Rob Jr. Like uh, Fernando, we I, we have the same Fernando Tatis mm-hmm. out of a similar pack. Mm-hmm. Why right. might one grade well, higher than? Well, Rob yours or? might be off center. Yours might have a ding corner. And the thing is, you know, people have the misconception. They'll say, "Well, I this card has been put away for twenty years, or this card I just got it right out the pack." It can be a bad card out of the pack. 
because the centering could be off, the surface could be scratched, a corner could be dinged and shipment. You just don't know. But once you do have a good idea that your card is a, a strong enough card that you think will get an 8, 9, or 10, because you really don't want to send any modern cards that you don't think are going to get one of those top three scores, because anything below that probably isn't worth paying the money to do it. But you send your card, you get it back, you get it encapsulated, you get your you know 8, 9, or 10, and then you can go look out on the market and see where your card stacks up against it's the other hard, cards. You know, it's hard to believe, but you could have a card that you bought in 1986 for a dollar. 1986 for a dollar could be worth a million dollars. Michael Jordan rookie. Michael yeah. Jordan rookie. A million bucks. And all you got to do is get that card. That card sending in to be graded. It come back a 10 and they're, they're encapsulated and they put a number on it that it's a 10. So now it's subjectivity is gone. You put it on the internet as a 10 and the lines will light up. Now, now with the Honus Wagner card, I guess is the holy grail oh, yeah. of all sports cards. Mm -hmm. But yeah. now... Mm -hmm. All sports included. Mm -hmm. What's the most desired card? Yeah. But I mean, like of current athletes, who's the guy that people think is going to resonate down the road? Like the, a Jordan, Jordan, the Jordan card. The 86-87 Fleer Jordan card is the card. Yeah, that's the card. Because I know Junior, Griffey Jr.'s Yeah, Griffey Jr.'s rookie cards are good, but they're not in the same, they're not even close to yeah, what the 86 87 that'll be a, a 52 tops Mickey Mantle card. Yep. Yeah, 52 tops Mickey make make Mantle card. You get one of those cards, get it graded to 10, and, and you got the holy grail there. Yep. And, yep. And, and, you know, and that's another thing is that if you have a 52 tops Mantle or if you have a T206 Wagner, 10s are out of the question. There are no 10s, really, of those cards. There are some Mickey Mantle 52 tops 10s, but very rarely. Right. But if you get a 3, a 4, a 5 in those cards, talking wow. million-dollar cards, yeah. you know what I mean? Just because there are no... High grade. That Babe Ruth card that's coming to Baltimore. They got it's a, a six million dollar card. It's a six million dollar card. Yeah, it's yeah. a six million dollar card. And here's a card. I mean, it, it's conceivable to have. All right, tell everybody here about uh, what uh, goes on at Robbie's first base in regards to sports memorabilia, you know, parties and uh, yeah. events, yeah. and of course coming in maybe buying a. Sure. A super terrific baseball card. We sell and buy sports memorabilia, trading cards, autographed jerseys, autographed baseballs, anything that's autographed. You name it, whatever sport, we buy it and sell it. Uh, we, charity fundraisers are a big part of our business. We can sign our memorabilia, no cost up front. We just give it to you. Whatever you sell it for over what we ask for, you keep. If it doesn't sell, you simply give it back to us. So it's, it's a free service. All you can do is make money. You can't lose money. We've been doing this for 32 years. And when we say we have connections in the sports business and met athletes, uh, and as we do the shows and talk, you'll find out, all the guys that we know, whether it's uh, Brooks Robinson, who we have personal relationships with over the years, Eddie Murray, who we've had personal relationships over the years, Al Bunbury, um, any number of athletes that we've met personally from what we've done over, over the number of years that we've been here. When Ben McDonald got traded from the Orioles, he called me on the phone, Robbie. I'm going to Federal Express my key to you. I want you to go to my house, you and your wife, clean it out, and send my stuff to the new team. I mean, that, those are relationships that we have. Yeah. Robbie's first base, 9 West Ridgely Road, 410-560-3200 is the phone number for more information there. It is the Sports Addicts, the premiere episode. I'm Bob Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Robbie Davis, Jr. and Sr. Final thoughts, Jr. Baseball, Orioles, Blue Jays. Will it happen as scheduled March 31st at Camden Yard? Yes. I say yes. I say 
Absolutely, yes. They're going to get it done, Bobby. Yeah. They have to. And even though they set the deadline for tomorrow yeah. or Monday the 28th, yeah. I think we're, that we'll they could ball. stretch it a little yeah. bit. I agree with you, gentlemen. Well, it's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got this coming your way once a week. We're going to get more fancy with the video and the signage and, and everything that goes along with it. Nolan McGraw, thank you for your help as well. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Enjoy the rest of it. Stay healthy, be safe, and uh, enjoy life.